Okay. Yeah, I know. I was trying to turn the camera. Okay. <laughs> That's my dog. Where you at? As a tato. <laughs> What's up, Tato? Like potato. Tato, welcome you know, to the like show. This. Welcome to the show. Um, I am your host, the Afro Boy, Prince of Afro Unity, host of the Lost African Podcast. Um, today we are gonna talk about Nick Cannon's interview, um, interview he did with the Breakfast Club. Um, the funny thing is a lot of people were focused on the whole spiel about what he said and his perception of marriage, but I want to focus on a whole lot more because there was so much more to the entire interview, but we're going to start there for the most part. Um, so I want my guests to introduce herself, and then we're going to go from there. Hello, everyone. I am Mo. I'm not a stranger to the podcast, but it's been a minute since I've been on, so hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm super awkward. That's high. Um, so I'll go first, and then you can give your opinions. Um, the first topic is basically his perception of marriage and polygamy. What marriage is? You know how to juggle all these relationships. How he involved his kids and so forth and so on. Um, for me, I was I was. I was cool with it. I understand because you, you have to look at marriage like this. A lot of people um, look at marriage more so from a religious and moral standpoint and not the reality and the construct of what marriage is on a literal uh, scale, on a piece of paper. Now, I am a traditionalist. I understand and value what marriage is supposed to be on a ceremonial standpoint, on an emotional standpoint, on a moral standpoint. Marriage is supposed to be um, about love between a man and a woman or your significant other partner um, and so forth. That's why you two become joined, become one. It's supposed to be you know, the symbolism of your love in one. But there's a literal part when it comes to what marriage actually is. It is um, a contract. That's why you have a marriage certificate. You actually have a piece of paper that says, okay, you two are conjointed into an entity a lot like a business. You two become partners. You share in the value of whatever you create and whatever you own. You now say, well, this person gets half of whatever my entity is, whether it is a house, a car, my business, uh, and whatever values and equity come with that, even in the birth of the kid, which is why you have child support when you get divorced or so forth. These are a lot of things that people don't um, consider. But for, for me, I was like, okay, he got a point, you know? And then people be like, well, we don't, we don't like polygamy or some people are against polygamy. Well, what do you mean and why? So if you want to talk about uh, the basis of where polygamy started or polygamous relationships in other cultures, even back to the motherland, there are black men who have more than one wife. Uh, is Islam. There are men who have more than one wife. And people try to say it as if uh, the people who are coming into this relationship do not um, consider. And I'm like, no, they are aware of the situation as it is. They are aware that 
um, I am I am sharing the love of my man, but I have a security that my man loves me. They're comfortable with that. You know, so for me, I was like, well, what is the what is the issue? Uh, why people focused on this? But you can give your your feedback now. Well, I think the I think the real issue that people were like more concerned about is how many kids that he's having with multiple women. So he did talk about, you know, he's he's not saying he's poly, but he's he's basically referring to himself as he just can't be with more than one person. And he knew he can't be with more than one person, so that's why he's not being committed to one person. And I think that's the most mature thing to do. Like, honestly, if you know that you're in a marriage and you're thinking about multiple women, like he stated, he said, I was in a marriage and I found myself thinking about other women that I'm going to get out because... That's just not who I am. And if you know who you are and, and you decide to be fruitful and multiply, then you're just multiplying your seed out here in this world with multiple women. But it's not like the women have an issue with it. It's not like the women that he's impregnating um, are complaining. These are other females who have their own different standpoint or males who have their different standpoint of what they feel like you know, life should be, but we were implemented to think that there should be a man and a woman. They should be bound together. And if they're going to be bound together and they're going to have a kid, they should be married. Why? Because we were taught that, like you said, in the Bible, we were all taught some type of religious standpoint of what, how, or how we view life and how we view being together with someone and how we view kids and how we just, the rules and regulations of life. Mm-hmm. So because he doesn't abide by certain things doesn't make him less of a man or it does not make him a terrible person. Now, every person that he encounters with, it's not like he's lying to them. Like he's being 100% honest. You know everything about my life. My life is out there. You know, I got kids, almost four women. It's your choice whether or not you want to mess with me. And he's right. I mean, the, the female could have chose to abort the child. I'm sorry. You good? Hey, you see me? Yeah, I can see you. I can okay. hear you. All right, I got a call. But oh. um, it, it's a, the, 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 the mother has a, an option of whether or not she wants to abort the child, and then they don't have to have kids. Right. But he gives the option to the female, like, hey, look, you know, we did what we did. There was the opportunity that, you know, like, you could get pregnant, and you knew this because we had sex, which is very mature because once you lay down with somebody and you're having unprotected sex, you are consenting that, hey, if something goes left, then, you know, we both agreed on it because right. I let you go in. I mean, right. this wasn't forceful. I didn't sit here and say, oh, no, you're going to have my kids. You <laughs> saying, like, right. everything is an option. Everything is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think for being, like, a certain age, especially being in the spotlight like this, there's always choices. Yep. And every person, whether he's not the only one making this child, Yep. You know what I'm saying? She's carrying the child, but it takes two to take So you could easily just say, like, hey, look, I want to talk to him. And he's not going to say no. Right. He cool with it. Exactly. Uh, when it when it comes to it, so on the kids, on the kids aspect, a lot of people were like, well, how is he going to juggle the time with all these kids? Hey, if you believe you can be Superman, Super Dad, that's cool. But a lot of people just, I think a lot of people were like, hey, and I understand that growing up, how I grew up, that as they get older, it will be tougher because you'll say, so all your kids will go to the same high school for sure. 
Like you gotta have this super, this super good family structure with the women you're creating these children with. Everybody gotta be on agreement saying, hey, I'm I'm okay with all our kids going to the same school, um, you know, basketball practice, football practice. How are you gonna make time, especially as they get older, whether you have boys or girls, because we both remember what it was like, what did we needed from our parents, whether it was the mother or the father. Um, as we got older, as we were playing sports, as we were discovering our um, ideals and uh, mentalities, you know what I'm saying? Like, so a lot of people are like, well, "Are you are you really thinking about how much time and effort you're going to put in?" You know what I'm saying? How are you going to juggle that? One, your daughter may need something that your son doesn't. Your son may need something that your daughter doesn't. You know what I'm saying? They might be playing all different sports. Yo, all four, five of your sons might not want to be on the football team. Somebody might want to play baseball, basketball, things of that nature. Which is the truth, because I mean, he got about like I don't know the estimate. Or I'm just guessing. I think it's like seven eight. Yeah, seven, eight kids. Seven, eight, right? So, I mean, they're around the same age, and I just think I think it was a statement he said that kind of I really didn't agree with. And it was just out of all the things he said, it was like the only thing I didn't agree with. He's saying something about um, my kids aren't complaining. Okay, your kids are like one. Yeah, they ain't complaining. Yes. Of course, they're not going to complain right now, but you never know what your kids or how your kids are feeling if yeah. you're not really present all the time. Yeah. Now, you think that you're making time. You think. It's. Just spam, like every single time, scam. But anyway, you think that you're there for your kids and you think that you're doing anything possible, but they can be feeling something different because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And because they don't understand, it still leaves room for them to be hurt. You know, you don't know how having different brothers and sisters and having different, like, you know, I mean, we uh, having different brothers and sisters, whether they're like stepbrothers and sisters or something, mm-hmm. have. Yeah, it's like half brothers and sisters that could affect them though, like in the long run. Like, they'll yeah. always be considered as, like, oh, you Nick Cannon's child, but don't you got another brother by another? You know, like that could be something that in school they get targeted for. Yep. Not saying it's, it's 100% fault, but you know, kids are brutal these days, honestly. Now, going into we're gonna dial it back a little bit, we're gonna go into the basis of how these uh relationships start. You know, how do you how do you get to these points? How do you get in these relationships in regards to like so one of the things he said um was he actually based um uh, the confines of the foundation of relationship through metaphor of sex. Where he was like, Okay, every relationship starts off with a net, every relationship starts off with a condom. And that is like literally word for word. He's like, Hey, you're gonna go in with the safety net. Um, you know, then then your shell is going to sort of break, and then you guys are going to get comfortable. Um, and probably within the year, you should discover, especially after you know the whole steps, which is why I think they they do relationships and steps more so to see where you are and how you evolve. Relationships change. The same person you are at twenty, you might not be at twenty five. After a year, when y'all move in, then you're going to see how he or she is in a different setting, in the, the household setting, 
does she have the qualities of a wife that you were looking for or does he have the qualities of the husband that you were looking for uh, and then when that comes about you do what you take the condom off and you just go say all right we know we are to one another we know what this is be comfortable with this we don't need the condom no more or in this relationship metaphorically we've crossed uh the obstacles where we feel safe with one another it was something he said he said like he said you start off with a condom safety net and then the, the woman tells you you're the only person i'm sleeping with and that's what gets you more like your guards let down yeah and that's what kind of starts the whole well if i'm the only person you have a sex with then i don't need a condom but he talks about getting tested all the time. And I was actually just having this conversation with one of my friends yesterday about getting tested is now it's kind of like when you try to go get your annually test, you know, like mm. like STIs or something, people are looking at you like, you got something. Like, mm. why are you getting tested? And you're like, what do you mean why am I getting tested? Because I had a new sexual partner and I want to make sure I'm good. But do you, are you showing any symptoms? Like, no, I'm not showing any symptoms, but I want to be safe that the person I'm having sex with is saying that they're, am I the only person I have sex with? And the only way to know that is, well, one of the ways to know that is to know that they don't have anything. I just feel like, I know that's like a little off guard, but I just feel like that's not normalized nowadays. Like, I've even tried to go get an STI or STD just to make sure that I don't have anything. Like, I want to be safe. Yeah. You know, and another way to be safe, if I want to have unprotected sex, then I still, I know I'm, I'm enhancing the risk of catching something. Yeah. So I'm going to go and get tested. But now it's like people look down on you like, oh, well, I, well, I mean, if you're not in here for nothing, I don't understand why we have to test you. Because I'm having sex. Like, <laughs> it's a thing. You, know? you should be at a maturity <laughs> level to be like, yeah, life. let's go. Yeah, exactly. let's go get tested. You should be mature and be like, yeah, but we going to do this. What's up? Let's all right. Let me see your test. Let me see your recent most test. I'll show you my recent most test before even we start. Or if we start, then we're gonna have to stop real quick. Let me go get tested and then come back. Because not everything that people say is the truth. Yeah. And I really feel like normalizing freaking STDs and STI tests will be super helpful because then you know where you got it from. Right. And then you'll be more safer and more cautious of how you go into you know, like sexual relations with people. Now, granted, you know, the dude did mention, he was like, so you just out here trusting all these females because all your kids are the same <laughs> <day."> <laughs> And you having them back to back. So, bro, what you really saying? And he like, I mean, you, you can't, there's no time limit on who you trust. Right. So however you trust them, you can go off rip trusting them until they show you they're lying. Yeah. Or people just have that energy about them that you're just comfortable with. Yeah. Now, if he's finding those women that he feels comfortable with, no matter if it's tomorrow, today, the next day, you feel me, and you find another, there's so many women out here that have the same energy. Yeah. So, so he's just going going into that, you know, finding the people you're comfortable with. He talked about uh, the concept of comfortability, and he talks about energy and frequency, um, and how this transpires into people really uh living their truth 
Like in the past year or two, I've, I love the energy I project because I ended up meeting a lot of women who have or match my frequency versus what I used to do because of my environment, which molded a lot of my, my mindset versus me coming all the way into who I am um, and be like, yo, this is me at my fullest and I love it. So what he says, though, as far as the concept of comfortability, men, he also generalized it, men um, didn't really need much. They don't they don't really need, uh, you know, more so materialistic things. And I, and I sort of agree with him as far as how we become comfortable with you. It is more of a physical thing, somewhat intertwined with emotions, but your presence. Like me being around you is way more than you buying me anything. Me being happy you're here, you're in my presence is all that I probably really need um, outside of a few other things, but it's not materialistic. Now, what he says after this in regards to involving women, well, I want you to speak on is more so how he goes into, well, I, and I understood it, but he says, you know, women, may have more of a need of safety protection um pro provisions and so forth but he also says like say if you're not um pleasuring her um if you're not providing her with enough time if you're not providing her with enough money she will go and find those things and i feel like he was saying well shit, she will do that quicker than a man will and i was like hmm because they did mention that women are more intellect like intellect when it comes to relationships there are women that get intellectually stimulated so the guys you feel me you know they mentioned like guys you know we just oh well you know i'm in it i'm in it you know like they don't think emotionally like females do and if anytime i know uh, one of them said i can't remember the names but one of them was like um Females always look for like an emotional connection. And if they're not emotionally there with someone, then they're gonna find that somewhere else. Unlike males, they don't really look for a lot of emotional connection. They just look for a connection in general. Yeah. And that's what makes women more what they say that women are the rulers, like they have more power or something. Oh like that. Yeah. yeah. Um where was it? It was more so like uh, women, women lead, and yeah. in the household, women lead, and I, and I and I understood that women lead the family, and I think women depend on the man to lead them when they are lost. They they look for the man to do the role that they can't. And I don't think a lot of people think about that in depth. I don't really think people think about what it means to be intellectually stimulated or what it means to be a partner in general. Like you can be there for someone physically, but if you're not there like emotionally and mentally, then you're really not there. Like just because you're present doesn't mean that you're actually present for them. You have to, you have to target like different parts of people in order for you guys to progress and a relationship. And you know, Nick Cannon did mention, like, he doesn't know if he'll get married again only because he feels like it's more of a commitment or 
Um, he used a different word though. He kind of used it as like a, a business interaction with someone. Yeah. And, and you got to put a lot bit more time. Like he said, when you're married, you got to go home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he feels like he's set out to do more in life yeah. than just go home to one person. He wants to be free to make a different impact in the world, which yeah. I completely understand that. Yeah. But again, like, you know, a lot of people have a different views. Like my view is if you just have that right person, that person wouldn't mind you doing extra steps if you're not home or it will help you out or compromise you. But again, that's just if you find that right person. And one of the people, one of the radio um, guys were like, you know, that's why I stopped teaching because, you know, I- Oh, you're talking about like, Charlemagne. Charlemagne, yeah, yeah, when he said that shit, I was like, what? come to that I completely understand as fathers you know I feel like what he talked about and I like that he learned from his marriage with Mariah he he learned these things about himself throughout his marriage um with Mariah and he it was funny when he talked about that first date he was like we spoke a lot of this into existence which is one of these old clips that a lot of people know from like one of the Medea plays to where you you watch people as you guys grow along this path. And some people are here for a lifetime. Some people are here for a season. You got friends. We both probably got friends that are still our friends to this day that we've known from high school and elementary school. It's not like that with um, your exes and that is developed through your relationship. So for me, I was like, okay, I got that. But I do understand what you're saying. And I agreed with that. Like he said, he never found someone to deal with his BS. Like have someone to thick and thin to deal with everything from the end. You know, he just never had that. And maybe the reason he's never had someone to deal with all his BS because these women don't want to. Like you shouldn't want a female to be continuously hurt by the stuff that you keep doing to her because you're not ready. That's not fair. You want to be out here having sex and stuff. Okay, cool. But I don't understand why you. Why would you want a female that you continuously keep hurting and tearing down and tearing down and crying and all of this other stuff to stick by your side because you're not ready and she is. That's not fair. No, it's not. Um, one of the things that I wanted to roll over into is when he talked about um, mental health, which is pretty much where we're rolling into anyway when it comes to understanding the strain that you're putting on a woman um, when you're not ready to be in this relationship and she is. And even to go further with that, just dealing with mental health uh, on the spectrum of being in the limelight, being in the community, being, being in poverty, um, and how you deal with it. And he says he goes to therapy, which I appreciated, which I felt like a lot of people didn't uh, highlight because a lot of the black community still doesn't go to therapy. Now we're getting more comfortable with the ideal of having family therapy, having individual therapy, couple therapy. We're actually doing a lot more talking to understand one another. Uh, 
but he talks a lot about his dark spaces and dark places, um, you know, where he was being called, you know, public enemy number one. Uh, he was being called a coon, a sellout, and how his um, friends actually held him together. But not a lot of us have that because he actually mentions an artist that committed uh, suicide because he didn't have that space, didn't have that uh, strong family net or network of friends or people he could talk to or or that partner, that specific other. And I feel like that isn't, isn't mentioned enough um, about what we go through and how we deal with those things. And I understand being an online like, because uh, there was a point to where I knew that people were following me, people were listening, and people were catching on, but people were also waiting on me to be this falsehood, this uh, false professor and so forth and so on. Because I've had those moments to where people instantly uh, targeted me because it was, they disagreed with what I said. They were like, oh, see, he, he not what he about and so forth and so on. And I was like, hold up. You know, and that's why whenever I come and I speak on my platform, I speak on TikTok and all my followers and so forth. I always let them know I am a man with my own opinions. And you follow me because you we have a like mindset. You know what I'm saying? And even when he talks about, because we're going to roll this into the baby. Um, he says, you know, the baby used uh, language that a lot of people don't agree with. But why is it? Why did he have that mindset? Can you go deeper? I really, I really like that he said this was a time for education. And it really is because one of the things I fight for is trying to educate people on why we think the way we think, why we think the way um, we think being heterosexual versus the LGBT community and even deeper within our community, why we don't sit down as black people because what are we? We are born black. We are born a black man, black woman. Uh, whatever lifestyle you you subscribe to is cool, but we are still all black in the end of the day. So why can't we have these understandings about uh, what transmitted diseases are, what the LGBT go through, what the heterosexual people go through? How can we coexist um, as a community? We don't talk enough about these things. Um, and yes, I don't agree with how the baby put that out, but. Why does the baby think that way? I feel like we all come from different environments. Like the way that we all talk, our, all of our language is different. Like the way that people talk in New York, they understand what they mean. The way people talk in Chicago, they understand what they mean. Sometimes people say, I come off as aggressive, but I'm not being aggressive. I'm just talking or, you know, like I'm passionate. So I could come off as like, oh, I'm upset, but I'm not upset. You know, like just because I said it that way didn't mean I meant it that way. It's just where I'm from, they understand what I mean. And it may have came out wrong in other people's eyes because everyone seen what he said differently. Because I personally felt like what he said wasn't that big of a deal. I feel like he meant it a certain way, but his gas, like the, the person who was gassing him up, kind of just took it a little bit too far. Like, if y'all don't say, hey, man, if you ain't out there, you know, sucking dick, da 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 da, da you don't got AIDS, nothing to put your hands in it. Yeah, because some of y'all suspect. You know, sometimes people around you can make your words sound way worse than this. <laughs> 
Hey, he man, I'm telling you, that shit was wild. So, um, real quick, well, I have an intermission. Uh, one second. <laughs> 